Welcome to An Examined Education, a podcast from the Cambridge School, a classical Christian school in San Diego, California, where we examine an education that prepares students to think well, love rightly, and live wisely. So welcome back. This is our third and final mini episode on uh, reading guides for some of the literature from our last main episode. And so for this one, welcome to Brave New World. Welcome indeed. Uh, Brave New World is a negative utopia. Um, not exactly a dystopia, but a kind of utopia that does not go right. Uh, run by a world state uh, where everyone is genetically and behaviorally conditioned to want what the society would have them want. Two of our main characters from this so-called civilized world visit a reservation untouched by modern technologies, and John, an outcast on the reservation, returns with them to what he will call Brave New World. And that world doesn't quite live up to his expectations. Some keys to reading. I would strongly suggest picking up Jesting Pilot. Uh, Jesting Pilot is available online. You can find it on archive.org and other places. And you only have to read just a couple of sections. If you read his section on LA and New York from his America section, I think it's the last chapter of the book. I think it'll give you a lot to think about, about American culture and the way that it uh, differs from so many other cultures that he was visiting at the time. But you'll also see the direct influence that it's going to have even on the opening pages of uh, Brave New World. So I'd encourage you to do that as a kind of background text. Uh, secondly, think about these epistemic environments that I mentioned in the episode. Think about what makes an epistemically robust environment uh, that curiosity pays off, questions are encouraged. You don't have to be quite as intellectually careful to get at truth. And the, there's truth everywhere. Um, and this kind of usually these multiple perspectives, you got a good sense of reality, as opposed to the epistemically hostile environments that are uh, going to require you to be far more careful to come in into contact with truth if it's ever available to you. Questions are usually discouraged and there's usually one singular perspective. I think having a, a sense of epistemic environments can help you get through the text um, more meaningfully. Uh, I only have one question that I think people should ask here. It's not to say that there aren't more, but uh, I think you should ask yourself, what would I have to believe in order for this world to make sense? Uh, what would I have to believe in order for this world to make sense? And that might be something to, to ponder uh, often in your as you're reading Brave New World. Uh, the text I'm going to read comes from very late in the book. And in some ways, it gives you a sense of uh, where this world came from and its underlying values. Uh, but I don't think it um, spoils too much. This comes from one of the nine world controllers who's giving this kind of background history to our uh, main character, John. He writes about um, our Ford. Um, I'll let you figure out what our Ford is a reference to. Uh, but he says, uh, our Ford used to write about scientific progress. They seem to have imagined that it could be allowed to go on indefinitely, regardless of everything else. Knowledge was the highest good. Truth, the supreme value. All the rest was secondary and subordinate. True, ideas were beginning to change even then. Our Ford himself did a great deal to shift the emphasis from truth and beauty to comfort and happiness. Mass production demanded the shift. Universal happiness keeps the wheels steadily turning. Truth and beauty can't. And of course, whenever the masses seized political power, then it was happiness rather than truth and beauty that mattered. Still, in spite of everything, unrestricted scientific research was still permitted. People still went talking about truth and beauty as though they were sovereign goods. Right up to the time of the Nine Years' War, that made them change their tune all right. What's the point of truth or beauty or knowledge when the anthrax bombs are popping all around you? That was when science first began to be controlled. After the Nine Years' War, people were ready to have even their appetites controlled then. Anything for a quiet life. We've gone on controlling ever since. It hasn't been very good for truth, of course, but it's been very good for happiness. One can't have something for nothing. Happiness has got to be paid for. You're paying for it, Mr. Watson. 
paying because you happen to be too much interested in beauty. I was too much interested in truth. I paid too. Happy reading. Thank you for listening to An Examined Education. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, reach out to the Advancement Office. Check out our website and schedule a tour at cambridgeclassical.org. Until next time, think well, love rightly, and live wisely.